This podcast is brought to you in part by The Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Welcome to another episode of the New England Society of Geeks podcast. It's time for another edition of the, the monthly, monthly comics, comics cast, cast, which means, of course, that as always, I have with me the cosmic comic guru, Dario, and the world's hey. greatest sidekick, Paul. How you doing, guys? What's going on, man? All right. All right. Probably better than you. <laughs> Eh, I'm doing okay now. <laughs> it's always a fiasco just getting started. I know, right? Fiasco. Right? Right? And no, and no little violin. <laughs> what the yeah. I'll have to get, I'll have to find a sound drop of that. <laughs> <sighs> so what's new with you guys? Anything? Nothing new with me. Been nope. busy at work. That's good. Today was record store day at the comic shop. Ah, nice. It was nonstop. Non-stop record stuff. Really? Yeah. Sold a lot. Sold about a thousand dollars worth of records today. Wow, that's pretty good. That's yeah, good. it's really good. <laughs> that, that was that was one one thousand dollar record. No. Just, <laughs> just well, you you did tell me the other last week that somebody bought what was it nine hundred dollars of Star Wars stuff. Yep, they came in and they were like, I think they bought three things. <laughs> and it came up, well, maybe four things, and it came up about $900, and I was like, ooh, thank you. Wow. Thank you, Rich. <laughs> that is quite impressive. Well, there's your rent. <laughs> well, it's, just, it's amazing that these that these customers have this kind of money. <laughs> I'm happy. That I know, right? <laughs> I wish I had $900 to blow on Star yeah, I can, Wars I, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I can hear him. I can hear Dario now. No, no, please, please, no more money. <laughs> Honestly, I can't take any more. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow, look at that fuck tongue. <laughs> All right, well, let's get started as we usually do with uh, some comic book reviews. And in order to do that. Here's a little, uh, a little instruction on how we do our ratings. So, uh, take a listen. Warning, warning, warning. We here at the Monthly Comics Cast have our own special rating system based on the greatest weapon in all of comicdom, the The Infinity Gauntlet. Gauntlet. Starting with Zero, which would be a completely empty and useless gauntlet, Going through the various stones, one through six, finished off 
by the greatest rating you could possibly get, a full infinity gauntlet. And of course, that would make four stones about average. So there you have it. Oh, and one more thing. We're probably going to spoil some things during our reviews. So uh, just make sure you keep that in mind. And if you don't want anything spoiled before you read the comic, then... uh, Oh, spoiler alert. And uh, like I said, four stones is average, unless they're kidney stones. (laughs) Then then you got a problem. Nothing average about that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, I guess since... Dario, you only have one book for us, Slacker. Why don't you go Let's ahead and get it. started? <laughs> so, my hey, intention- cut him a break, all right? He had a lot of money to count this week. <laughs> <laughs> Not an excuse, but it was my intention to read, uh, what was it, uh, Death Metal Guidebook? No. But I picked it up and I got like three pages into it and I said, no, I can't do this right now. <laughs> Not because I didn't like, not because I didn't like it, but because I haven't read the first like couple issues yet, and I want to actually want to read those first issues before I do. Because I thought the guidebook you're going to do the death metal stuff. I thought the guidebook would be a guidebook. Yeah, I've been buying it because it's death metal. (laughs) (laughs) It's got it's got. Oh, you give the money, you give the money back faster than you can take it. And what the hell? I'm a DC junkie. And it's like I buy titles and I don't read. It's it's not crap. Well, it might be. It might be crap. It's, it's, no, if it's anything crap. like the last series, it's crap. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know. And this is coming from a diehard DC fan. Oh, I know. I know. I'm so pissed with DC right now. <laughs> okay, before I start my review, why are you pissed with DC? Yeah. Oh, hey, there. Almost did. Bring up the violin quick. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, Lately, in the last five years, freaking uh, all their main, you know, like their, uh, like their, like their summer stuff that they usually do, or their like main their, event that they do, it always falls short. You don't like their events. You're not happy with their events. I think that no. can be said. That can be said across both companies. Yeah, I can barely, I can barely sit through. I can barely sit through an issue of Batman. No, I don't know. I think Batman's been okay. I think we've had this conversation before. Yeah, I think Batman... It's getting better when it's when it started with the Joker War. Yeah. Yeah, you have to let me know how that is. I'm not reading Joker War right now. But before we go too far off the beaten path, let me start my review. My one book. Thank you very Yay. much. It's a, it's a bit of a doozy. It's a book I've been waiting for for three years. Uh, a lot of other people have all been waiting for it for three I'm years. I'm very curious about it this is. one. It is Batman Three Jokers, issue number one. The creative team is Jeff Johns as the writer. Jason Fabok, F-A-B-O-K, I believe, sure. is the sure. artist. Brad Anderson's the colorist, and Rob Lee is the letterer. This is being released under the Black Label uh, imprint of DC, which means that they can kind of do what they want. Um, Wait, and that, that also means it's not officially canon. Ah, so there's no point unless to they, it. Unless they, unless they want to make it canon. And I feel that, uh, coming out of the gate, that this is canon. I, I mean, they, they 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 started the Three Joker thing in Justice League, and this is kind of answer, the answer to it, so mm. I, I doubt they're going to turn around and say this is canon. Mm. So, the, the book had so many different 
variant covers. It was crazy. There was uh, uh, more than more than three different Joker covers, and they're all Joker doing different Jokery things. Or what like he did over the past, like he's either got the crowbar <laughs> when he killed when he killed Jason Todd, or uh, jo- or or Jokerfish, or uh, the gun that he shoots Barbara Gordon with, mm-hmm. uh, etc. There's a lot. There's a lot of these other stuff. You know, like a like a bomb, like a bundle of dynamite with a clock on it. The whole deal. So I decided to not get any of the Joker covers, and I got the Batman cover. Mm. And it's pretty cool. It's a close up of Batman's face with blood splattered on it. So being in the black label imprint, the first thing I noticed is that it was a little bit more gratuitous in the violent part, the violence part of the book. I mean, not crazy amounts, but. There's just more usage of blood than I would normally see in a comic, I think. Um, and then there's a lot of people just getting their faces beaten in by, by a, a superhero. Mm. Uh, so, I was very happy with this book. And, really? Uh, yeah. So, over the last three years, there's been a lot of speculation as to what the impact of uh, Three Jokers is. Um, going back to you know how it all began during the Dark Side War, I think it was called, that was going on in Justice League back when Jeff Johns was writing it. Right. Uh, all the Justice League members were imbued with a bit of the New Gods abilities. Mm-hmm. And Batman ended up getting Metron's chair. And for those people who don't know who Metron is, Metron's a New God that has access to a chair that has the knowledge of the universe. So he himself is super smart. And he's got a chair that has that has the knowledge that can access the universe. So he's well, like the I don't, guy. I don't know if he's super point. smart in so much as he's very much like Google. <laughs> I guess he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's very manipulative too. I mean, he'll go, yeah, yeah. he'll go, and so in that way, it makes him like like uh, serious, I suppose. Right. So he, uh, like, he'll go and oh, hang out with, with Darkseid. Uh, Metron and be like, oh, yeah, I'm just here because I, I have to watch this, these events fold out, you know, and then I'll go hang out with High Father and he's like, oh, yeah, he's that book I borrowed, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so Batman gets Metron's chair and when he realizes that he has access to everything, the first thing he asks is, what's the Joker's name? And then the chair responds with the ping, which is how the mother box that's built into everything usually communicates. And he's shocked and wonders what... It means and ask him again, ask the chair again, and the chair responds with a ping, and Batman's like, okay, apparently there are three Jokers. And then that's the last we heard of that until this come, this came out. Mm. So all of us at the store were imagining that it was going to be the Joker throughout the ages, you know, like does the Joker when it came out in the 30s and how he acted, the Joker how he was in the 70s and how he acted, and the Joker how he was in like the, you know, 90s and up and how he acted. Because they're basically progressively more violent as you go through his timeline. Right. So, to my surprise, it's not that. So, this book uh, starts off with uh, Batman coming back to the uh, to Wayne Manor. It's a lot of like no real dialogue, just imagery of him like pulling up in his in his in his back car and you know accidentally like knocking over his parents tombstones he stumbles through Wayne Manor gets to the back cave passes out Alfred finds him has to cut him out of the suit and then we have like at least four pages of Alfred working on him you know trying to trying to fix him and they they show all the scars that are on Batman so the first thing they show is his back 
and then they have like a panel of of Bane breaking his breaking Batman's back, and then they show they show a burn on his chest, and then they show a panel of the Riddler with a scolding hot uh, cane burning Batman, and then there's claw marks on his chest, and then they, we see a picture of Catwoman breaking his chest. And it's more of that. It's like at least three yeah, or four pages. Yeah, but that pages. really wasn't a superhero fight. What's that? That really wasn't a superhero fight. Oh, and Catwoman scratching on the chest? That's just yeah. a... That was, <laughs> that was a, a bonus. Was, <laughs> <from the laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, very quickly, you start to see the, the, the pain and anguish that Batman has gone through in all his years of, of fighting villains. And like the last three... The last two full pages of wounds are all wounds that he got from Joker. Um, so we see like him like getting getting hit, hit with acid or, or like you know stabbed with a with a with a uh, a flag that came out of a gun that says bang 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 <laughs> and that kind of stuff, uh, which immediately leads into a flashback of uh, how, how his parents were killed, and oh we get some we get some information about, about how. Uh, Joe Chill potentially was set up that it wasn't just a random act of violence that he was that was that, it, that he was potentially sent by the mob. Uh, we get a little backstory about the mob. We go to uh, Barbara Gordon who is working out the gym and she's very intense and she's watching a, a, a news report of a famous comedian that had, had that night been murdered by the Joker. And then she starts having flashbacks well, when the Joker shot her. So just like with Batman getting repaired by Alfred, she's not getting fixed. Uh, she's just taking a shower after working out at the gym. But uh, they show the bullet wound in her stomach and in her back. And then she has flashbacks of the scene where Joker shot her. And then, again, we go to Jason Todd, who's following up uh, a Joker sighting about uh, that, that the Joker had killed all these mobsters again that same night and so uh, Red Hood's trying to you know find these guys and while he's beating up all of, all of uh, Joker's henchmen uh, Jason's having flashbacks of when you know Joker caught him and beat him to death with a crowbar and so you can see him like like the intensity of the whole thing with him and then uh, we go to another uh, yeah, another scene so so far the story is has uh, told us that Joker's killed a comedian on one, one part of Gotham then it told us that that same night Joker killed these mobsters on the other side of Gotham, and then uh, we find at the Gordon same time? at the same time. And Gordon and Batman uh, are investigating Ace Chemicals again, and there are three guys that are dressed up like the original Red Hood, um, and they're all been uh, affected by Joker venom, so they're all bleached white, and they have the the grins. Like basically, they were dumped in the acid and taken out and left to die, and this is a third thing that happens. So we have three Joker crimes that happened all the all at the exact same time. So Barbara Gordon, Batman, and Red Hood to kind of speed up the review a little bit. Uh, kind of all team up to find out what's going on. Um, while at Ace Chemical, one of the things they point out is that all the acid um, that was used to make the Joker is gone. It's missing. The the vat the that normally would have it all in it is, is empty. So, hmm. we then go to a scene where uh, Joker um, 
goes to a warehouse. Well, first Joker's driving through the woods with a tanker full of acid, and he goes out of his way to run over run over a forest animal that, that's on the side of the road. And then he goes to a to an old house or old something in the middle of the woods. He goes in, and he's met by the Joker, who's like, "You're wearing my shirt." And Joker's like, "It is my shirt." And so that's the joke there. The both Joker, and they sit down at the table with the third Joker, and we kind of get their plan. So what they're doing is they're trying to cause as much chaos as they can in Gotham. They're all aware of each other. They all know that they're Joker. Um, but what they're doing is that, um, for what it sounds like from reading this, and this is what I think is the most interesting part, is that the, the leader Joker, the one that's, that's, that's kind of telling the other two what to do, who mm-hmm. seems to be the most manipulative of the, of, the three, of the three of them, is trying to make the perfect Joker. So he, that Joker says that he created the other two. And so what he's doing is he's recreating the, the accident and breaking people's minds and making them become Jokers. Mm. And one of the things that happened earlier is when Batman's uh, at Ace Chemicals with uh, Gordon, one of the things that Gordon points out is that there's no way to ID Joker because he's got no, like they can't check his dental records for whatever reason. They, the, he's got no fingerprints for whatever reason. They don't know who he is. Um, but they also mentioned that so many people have dressed up and pretended to be Joker, like when he's broken out of Gotham and everyone thinks he's still in Arkham, uh, that no one really even knows. Uh, that's when that's when uh, 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 Goth, uh, Commissioner Gordon suggests that there very easily could be multiple people dressed up like Joker and they wouldn't even know it. And then and then that kind of helps the story. It helps the reader kind of accept the fact that there's multiple, multiple Jokers. So what I feel like is that if it follows this course of, of storytelling and if it doesn't veer off into alternate reality Jokers all living on the same planet, that if it's actually just one Joker like breaking people and making other jokers i think this is gonna be awesome if it falls apart and it's like oh we're just i'm the joker from earth seven you know then i won't like it as much right but all in all uh, it's it's really really good i'm not gonna spoil the very last part of it because it gets very intense i mean there's a lot of a lot of like beating people up in this mm. but the focus on the book leans heavy into survivor's guilt i think and um, just dealing with having gone through a, like a big trauma. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, for for a, a, an issue one, right out of the gate, and for something I've been waiting three years for, it could very easily have been a terrible book. Yep. I'm going to give this, <laughs> this. I'm going to give this a six. I'm not going to give it a full gauntlet because it could fall apart. But I'm going to give it a six. Wow, six okay. stones! Six stones! Huh. Interesting. Very interesting. Maybe it actually will be worth checking out. I mean, there's only three issues. So mm. that means that every issue is going to deal with the Joker. Because this issue focuses on one of the Jokers. And then really kind of Jason Todd. And I imagine that the next one's going to focus on Batgirl mm. and the Joker that killed her or shot her. And then I imagine the last one's going to deal with Batman and the last Joker. So. Mm. Interesting. All right, cool. Wow, that's some pretty high remarks from Dario for Batman Three Jokers. Yeah. Um, Did you get this cool card too? You get this cool promo card. It's a playing card of Batman oh, wow. and Joker. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's cool. Cool. All right. That all you got, Dario? 
That's all I got today. All right. What do you got, Paul? I got three books. All right. Okay. Book number one. I picked up. Um. Can you guys see it? The new lock and key. Mm-hmm. Uh, lock and key in pale battalion go. It's um. It deals with it deals with the Watt family in World War Two. Mm-hmm. Um, the writer and artist is Gabriel Rodriguez and Joe Hill. Yeah, he's been on it since day one. Right. The colorist is he the writer or the artist? Joe Hill's the writer, yeah. and Gabriel the writer? is the artist. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it said it said both. Yeah, because they both created it. It's, it's a They've been on since day one. Um, it's considered a joint thing. Joe Hill, the son of well, Stephen King. Mm-hmm. The um, colorist is Jay Fultus. And the letters are from Sean Wee. So it's sad. The story starts off where... Um, Jonathan Hill mm-hmm. tries tries to enlist in the war in the British Royal Army. Jonathan Hill or Jonathan like Locke? Jonathan Locke. Yeah. Okay. Goes to enlist in the British Royal Army mm-hmm. so we can fight Nazis. Um, oh, is that why? He manages his dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, he thinks... <laughs> He can make a change by using the keys. Ah, interesting. Stop in the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's mad at his dad because his dad doesn't want to get involved and use the keys. Hmm. So and it's pretty much a build up. It's pretty much a build up to him taking taking some of the keys and going through a door, but he didn't know where he's coming out of. Hmm. It really, it really wasn't much of a much of a build-up. Um, I haven't read any of the other books. I've seen the show, like, on Netflix. I still haven't watched that. Um, yeah, another way. Um, if I had to give it, I'd have to give it a two. Wow. Didn't get it? Didn't, you, didn't, you didn't like it that much, huh? It, well, I mean, it's a issue one, and it's... It, you know, it really didn't build up to anything. You know what I'm saying? It was just him talking to an enlist, into a, to a recruiter. Then he gets, I mean, his dad pulls him out, pulls him out through the, pulls him out of the enlistment through the door. And the guy's like freaking out because it's not, the outside's not what he sees out of his window in the door frame. Okay. And his mom, you know, gave, gave him, Keep him, you know, you shouldn't have done that, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it just, I don't know. I'm hoping, I want to hope that number two is a little bit better. So you're going to keep, you're going to I mean, stick well, with uh, it for a bit? Right? Yeah, we'll see where it goes, but I'm sure, I'm sure, I mean, Die Hard Lock, Lock and Key fans would, you know, would appreciate it mm. more than more than what I picked, you know, what I took out of it. All right. Yeah, and if it's a prequel, I mean, and you've never read it. I know I have not read it either. Uh, 
mean, for all we know, there's, there could be like Easter eggs in there. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll give it a two and hope for it to climb. Mm. I'll keep you posted. All right. What else you got? Um, the next one I got, it, it kind of caught my eye. I'm not really much in. Um, it's from Titan Comics. Mm. I don't know if you guys have seen them. Can you see it? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's not Titan. You sure that's Titan? Johnny Ace? Johnny oh. Red. Oh, Johnny Red. Johnny Red. Um, Can you see his thing in the corner? Yeah. yeah, I see it. Yeah. All right. It kind of caught my eye because of the artwork. Um, the writer is Gath Enos. Oh, really? In that, yeah. Mm. In the art, the art is Keith Burns. Um, the colors are Jason Woodick, the Woody, the Wardy, <laughs> and the and the weathering is done by Ron Steen, Rob Steen, sorry. And it and what's cool about this is this is an actual story. I mean, it, it supposedly it took place hmm. during World War Two. It took place um, on the on the Eastern Front in Russia. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. They had a squadron. They, they would have like like a care package. People dropping off food for the people. Mm-hmm. But the Nazis would come in and they would shoot them down. You know what I'm saying? They yep. knew when the deliveries were. Right. And so they're like, well, how are we going to do this? So they went out. The Russians went out and hired. Um, they were able to get, um, I want to say maybe, I think he was a colonel. But he worked, he was for the British British Air Force. Mm-hmm. And the way the story started is this guy bought this plane it's a it's a hurricane. It um the hurricane number was a P P seventy eighty nine, which is a hot which is a Hawkins hurricane. Whereas you know, like the Red Baron would have like the biplane would have like the two um is it called biplane when they would mm-hmm. have like two set of wings? Yeah. Right. This one was just one. Okay. All right, and it was like a British flight, uh, like a British plane. Um, I guess they they hired this guy, and he recruited some flyers and taught, you know, kind of taught them how, you know, and they would intercept the Nazis, mm-hmm. shoot them down. But the story all took was this guy bought this plane, and the, the some they're going to like rebuild it for him so they could fly and stuff. But they had like, and they had um, they also did background check on everything to make sure it was all legal and shit. So it's it's all dismantled and shit, and then hanging in the hangar, all shot to shit, like like target practice. <laughs> the guy's like, the bullet holes has bullet holes. Are you sure you still want to do this? <laughs> and the guy goes, well, well, I spent four. After everything's all done, it's gonna cost me four point five mil. I want it done. So they. So what they did is they tracked a person that was still living that was there at the time, okay? So they can get more history on the plane. And come to find out the guy that they got a hold of was like um, uh, like one of the major mechanics that would do all the repairs on the plane after they were 
go through on their missions and get, you know, shoot them down and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they gave you more history after the book, after the story. I guess apparently this Johnny Red was, it was a British comic out in the 70s. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a daily strip. Huh. It was like a daily strip, like the Phantom and Dick Tracy and shit, mm-hmm. like that. And, um, it was pretty cool. I mean, they showed that they had, they they collected the whole original collection. Of the strip? Yeah. It was like three volumes. So is this... So I ordered, I ordered... Was this a, a new story on the character? Not like a rehash of the strips? Yeah, it's it's a new story. Okay, cool. It's like what happened after. Right. You know, like how the plane got shot down, you know, got shot up and stuff. Uh-huh. It's a story uh-huh. about a guy, a guy that finds the plane and, re- and fixes it. And is finding right. out the history of the, 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 right. of the plane. So that's what yeah. this is about. Yeah. Huh. But it's cool because the guy tells you, you know, they would, in one part, they would, uh, um, they would do in the care packages for the people for a town that got shot, that got told, almost annihilated from the Nazis, but people would, I mean, they would drop the care packages and, you know, they would go out to get the food and the supplies. Well, the Nazis found out when it, this was going to happen, and they just, it was like a um, ambush. Ambush. But it's a trap! Along comes, <laughs> along comes Johnny Red, Johnny Red and his Falcon fighters and shoots down the Nazis. Mm-hmm. To the point where they turn around and fled. Hmm. So, they, you know, he saves the day. They lost a couple planes. And then they're back saying, you know, um, you know, doing repairs and stuff. And then this, so one of the guys brings in a new, a Russian brings this kid along. He looks like a kid, but the kid's like a, like a mechanical genius. Mm-hmm. He can repair anything. So he, I guess he's, he's the old man tell, relating the story. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then after the story, they um, hold on. they give it. They give it like a little brief thing of the um, of the original, uh, the daily daily strips. Mm-hmm. Huh. Which is kind of cool. And then after that, they go into is the headline is Hurricane over the Eastern Front, and they actually have actual photos oh, of like wow. the planes being being brought in. I don't. Hold on. And you see that? That's cool. Yeah. That's very interesting. Like, I like that. Like the planes drown, you know, and they have in the bottom picture is just one, like in a field. And they show a map of where the story took place. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Okay. And then just another picture of, of, a, of a hurricane. And it kind of kind of breaks it down on on like where the like where the where the dog fights took place mm-hmm. and everything. So it's pretty cool. I like that. I mean, I'm not much unless the only war mag the only war stories I ever read was one or two Sergeant Rocks, <laughs> and that had to have they had to have a certain Kid Crusader beside himself <laughs> beside him. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you've never read Sergeant Rock. The first like yes, I did. 
No, no. After Brave and the Bold, he it turned me on it, to Sergeant Rock. Yeah, I bought the first. I bought the Showcase uh, Sergeant Rock book that reprints all like like twenty five issues in black and white. Man, I yeah. think it's gold. It's it's so yep. good. <laughs> I got one. I think they did three of them, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm so glad I got a chance to meet Joe Kuba before he passed away. Oh wow, that was a genius. Yeah. I met Aunt, uh, I met both of them, mm-hmm. and I had a thing signed by Andy because he did he did Batman. Yeah, yep, yeah. His kids um, are very talented. All in all, I want to give this. I would give this four four gems. That's good. That's average. Yeah, that's good. For I mean, first it's got issue, me yeah. Where, well, I, I didn't know this, but it was just like you know, I saw it, I picked it up. And then I noticed it was it was up to five issues already, so mm-hmm. now I'm gonna probably go back and get get the other five, get the other four, along with the collection of the original. And see mm-hmm. how that goes. But, but yeah, I would give it a four. That's cool. work was really good. Who's putting and, out the uh, Who's putting out the collections of the strips? Is it Fantagraphics or I, is it Titan? Titan's Titan. doing it. Yeah. Yep. So I'll let you know how those are too. That's cool. And my last one is, oh, where is it? Oh. it? Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Oh, oh the uh, the anti anti thesis. Yeah. Antithesis. Yeah. Yep. Um, the writer was is Mark Wade. The art is Neil Adams. The inks are from BC Joe Carab. Caramanga. Joe Caramanga, that would be the letters. Hold on. I actually know Joe Caramanga. A little bit. You interviewed him? You interviewed him, right? Yeah, he's, you're right. My my mistake, you're right. <laughs> I apologize. He's he's uh, a friend of one of the other podcasts I do, Weeby Geeks. Um, and the colors are Laura Martin. Then they had, I mean, they had, they had variant covers by R. Adams and Jason Keith, Ed McGinnis, and Dave Stewart, hmm. and a couple, a lot of ones. Um, I personally liked it a lot because Neil Adams. Now, I know Neil in the past, Neil Adams artwork, I mean, you know, like, uh, Dead Man. Mm. Um, the Raz Ghoul. Batman vs. Raz Ghoul. Mm-hmm. The Batman Odyssey fiasco. <laughs> that was indeed a fiasco. Yeah. Huh? That was indeed. I, I even bought. I even started buying Age of Superman, I think. Like, I really had hopes for that. And that was I just. Bought, yeah, that, that, uh, the coming of the Superman. Yeah, that was just as bad. Mm he just can't, he can't right. write. You can't let him write. Right. So, whereas he was focused on just the artwork, mm-hmm. showed in the artwork that it was a lot tighter than what it's been in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked it because the story started off with um, with the Fantastic Four uh, battling uh, analysis. Mm-hmm. And they're like, so they had like a three. They had, I don't know if you can see it. 
They had like a two page. He did like a two page spread, mm-hmm. like yeah. three pages into it. Trying, you know, down in Manhattan, trying to get him to, you know, stop whatever. He tells him, you know, we got to get that tube off his chest. That's his powers. The cosmic control. All right. Yeah. Right. So they finagle. So what they do is they lure him over to a certain spot where the um the rift to the to the negative zone is. Mm-hmm. All right. They uh Ben rips off Ben rips off the um the rod, tosses it to Johnny. Johnny flies over to the ne- to the portal where the negative zone is. Passes in the ride and goes analysis, and they close the portal behind them. And then they all they all have like they have like family time for a little bit. Then they have a then they get another um you know reads reads alarm goes off emergency emergency and come to find out there's a comet coming and it's gonna hit Manhattan. So they go so they suit up and head out and they deflect it. The best that they can where there's hardly any it will do any hardly any damage mm-hmm. to to people or or property. And come to find out it's uh Silver Surfer. It is? Ah. Yep. Oh, so it's, it wasn't it wasn't a comet or a meteor at all, it was just Silver Surfer. Right, it's just Silver Surfer coming in hot. Coming in hot. <laughs> can, can you see that? Oh, yeah. yeah. And there's the... All right? That's the impact. Um, They were able to deflect it. Well, deflect them to where he, you know, he won't do any damage. Mm-hmm. Um, So they race over there. Blah, you know, they find him. And he's all covered in that black... Is it the black matter or is it, yeah, the stuff that he's been covered in for a while? Yeah. yeah. Ever since Silver yeah. Surfer Black. Okay. Well you see right. He's still covered on it's here and there. And he said, well, well this stuff did this to me. And Reed goes Reed goes, Well, you're protected by Galactus, so why didn't he protect you? And the Silver Surfer is on his knees in Neil fashion, Neil Adams fashion. You know how <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he says, "Galactus is dead." I knew you were going to say that. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> and it to be continued. Ah yes, that's nice. Like, oh no, <laughs> my master's dead. <laughs> I mean, even though I laugh, I'm sure it's going to be good. Yeah. But like I said, I mean, if you guys can find it, pick it up only because um, his artwork got a lot better on this. It's one of the books I wanted to read. I don't know how how I missed it. Like, I don't know. I want to go in tomorrow and see if there's any more on the shelf. The recent endeavors. Now, I got... I did my... um, I'm going to play it safe. I'm not going to go all willy-nilly like Dario and give it a six. <laughs> willy-nilly? <laughs> Willy-nilly? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, really. Cause consider, considering right. that the last time I gave anything is six, you guys crucified me. Yep. 
<laughs> that dude gives it a six, and it's okay because like he's the guru. Yep. Well, what what what? So I'm gonna give what it. was the last thing you gave a six? He gave some trash. He gave some trash book a six. Remember when uh, uh, he was doing? He, <laughs> it was the Raven. It was the Ravencroft. Oh, right. <laughs> Which I still have. We by were the way. Me. You can uh, you we can have it back. <laughs> you were ripping me apart about, about the uh, Greg Wayne cover. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was a well, it was a put, very good it was a very good review. <laughs> I'm right. gonna give it give it what you want to give it a three a three. I give it a three. Wow, that's, that seems that seems low. But hey, whatever. Well, it seems low. Right. Just like, I just want to see where this is going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah it I could really it could it could really take a like take a left turn and like go. You know, for all we know. Uh, it's just gonna. They're just gonna start throwing every like everything but the kitchen sink into it, and they are. I know for a fact. Like, there's a lot of characters this struggling. It's either, it's either gonna be Crisis of Infinite Earth, or it's gonna be Secret Wars Two. Hey, I don't. don't and I know. I know. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna go either way there. <laughs> Secret Wars Two had had to be on. We, we only have. I know we're only allowed three reviews. Yeah. Well, but I saw this. I saw this, and I just had to. I just hey. had to do this. So. Uh, hey, since Dara uh, only uh, had uh, one uh, book, uh, go for it. All right. Well, <laughs> let me do the intro to it, okay? Oh boy. And then I'll let you pick it up, okay? Because you're more of an expert on this stuff than me, okay? Huh? All right. So you ready? Yeah. yeah. All right. Here we go. I'm scared. I want you to explain. I want you to explain to me the Transformers. Oh no. My Little Pony. Friendship in disguise. I don't. I, right. I Friendship have that. I read it. In disguise. Please I, take it away. I did not. Re- I did not choose it for review because I had some other books to review. Um, well, since Javi. You only has one book, so you can take it away, buddy. <laughs> well, I don't have it. I wish I wish I had known I would have it up here with me. I have it downstairs. But anyway, uh, let's see what I can remember from it. So the Transformers have been doing a lot of interesting crossovers lately, I guess you could say. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they've done one with Star Trek. Uh, they did one with Ghostbusters. They have one with Back to the Future coming out later this year. And, oh yeah, and um, and um, yeah, they decided to and the Terminator. Uh, the Terminator, yeah, they decided to go after the Bronies and do uh, a crossover with the My Little Ponies. Um, and freedom is the right of all sentient beings. <laughs> <laughs> and even though I didn't request it, somebody stuck it in my box, so I decided to buy it. Oh. <laughs> Well, I'm sure whoever stuck it in your box figured you were the diehard <laughs> Transformer, so you had to have it for your collection, no matter what. Oh, that's what because I'm... of Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I... Now, I don't even think it was Dario who stuck it in my box. I bet it was either John or Byron. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I know it wasn't me. I did. I It was in my box, so I... Or he won't say. Yeah. Eh, whatever. I bought it. Um, I read it because why not? Um, so basically, it's it's two different stories. 
The first one is a story of... Uh, I'm not that familiar with the My Little Ponies, so I don't remember any of their stupid names or anything. But there's one bad guy, My Little Pony, I guess, in particular. And that little pony is doesn't like... Uh, what is it? I don't know. She's little got... Friends. She's got Isn't something it? against the other ponies, so her name is her name's Thunderhoof. <laughs> she, how do you know that? <laughs> she reaches no. she reaches out across dimensions and pulls the transformers into the My Little Pony dimension to try and get them to wipe out all the rest of the ponies or something, I guess. I don't know. So anyway, that's the first story. She pulls in the, the transformers. Um, and of course the Autobots go off and, and find the good ponies and Megatron teams up with this bad pony and to be continued. <laughs> and then the second part of the story is Starscream has invaded, I don't know, pony town. I don't know what it, they they have this little town and there's one pony that has like a fashion boutique or something and he's making the pony Starscream is, Starscream is making the pony make him a cape and a crown and stuff. So then, so then RC comes to town and, and chases away Starscream and everybody's good friends. So, you know what? It wasn't the worst thing I've ever read. Um, but it's, it's my little pony, which I'm not a big fan of. So, you know, um, yeah. Uh, if I if I have to give it a, <laughs> did you read it, Paul? Did you, have you actually read it yet? He's crying. No, Look at him. no he just he just bought no. it. No, I can show you show it to you. Um, uh, no, I have my dignity. If I have to give it a score, I'll go with a three. Um, because I don't really care about My Little Ponies that much, so. That's the best I can give it. So it was it was it, it was it was average. Realistically, it was average. It was slightly below average. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, it was average. But I mean, what the hell? It was you a fun little story, that. you know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. You know, I've read best. worse. Don't worry about it. It was the, the when Rom was crossing over with everybody. I bought every single Rom crossover, yeah. and that includes. Mm. I bought a copy of of uh, My Little Pony just because Rom was in the cover. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they put him on the cover of every IDW book that month, mm. so I had to buy every single book. Well, isn't that because of that Hasbro crossover they did? No, when they got the rights for Rom, the guy who uh, at the time the uh, the guy in charge of. Uh, IDW was a huge romp fan, so he wanted him everywhere. So he put him on. He did a very rom cover in every single one of the books, and then they did a crossover, like like later that year. Yeah, they had a they had a rom they had a rom and Micronauts crossover too. Yeah, yeah the first one was first one was Revolutionaries, where everybody crossed over, and then they yep. started doing the smaller ones. Yeah, but um, and that's the connected universe that failed. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> The My Little Ponies were never a part of that universe. <laughs> Maybe I guess that's why it failed. Yeah, no. Whatever. Yeah. Um, no, but that that review was worth was worth all the Nightwing comments you made in the last GS. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Perfect. I agree now with I'm that. Waiting for, oh, I'm waiting for... You assume I'm done? I'm waiting for... 
<laughs> I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the Transformers crossover with the Care Bears in 2021. <laughs> Don't give them ideas. All right. <laughs> Megatron teams up with Grumpy Bear. <laughs> All right. On that note, let me move on to my reviews before this gets any worse. <clears throat> so, my first book is a Marvel book. I know, shocker. And it is Maestro number one. Oh, good. I want to hear uh, what you think of this. <clears throat> so, of course, the Maestro number one, written by Peter David, drawn by Jermaine Peralta. Um, color artist is Jesus Abertov. Um, oh, that's an, I didn't realize that. And the opening scene was actually drawn by Dale Keown. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I thought he was in the book somewhere. Yeah. He did the opening scene. So Maestro is uh, way back when there was a storyline in the Hulk where the Hulk went. It was called Future Imperfect. And the Hulk went into the future and he met his future self who called himself the Maestro. And he was a tyrant and all that. So this is supposed to be the origin story of how the Hulk got turned into the Maestro. So, of course, it starts off with an opening scene of the Hulk punching out a sentinel. Uh, see if you can see that. Nice. Yeah. Punching the head yeah. right off of that sentinel. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then he meets up with Betty, and he goes home and has dinner with Betty and his kids, and everything's happy. The Hulk is happy. Everything's- he has kids? He has kids. Um... The Hulk is happy, everything's good, and then all of a sudden, we start to see that it's not real. Of course. <laughs> so, it turns out the, that the, the, the Hulk with his family is all in, um, is all a simulation that he's stuck in. And in real life, he's trapped in, he was trapped in like this suspended animation. Hmm. And uh, so he wakes up and he breaks out and he's got a beard and stuff. And he's he's so he's been in this sim- the, the simulation for a while and he doesn't know what's going on. And then he finds out that it was all a trap. It was all. Uh, yeah, it was all aim advanced idea mechanics who are holding him mm-hmm. among others. Um, the like the abomination and some of the UFOs and stuff, some classic Hulk villains. So of course the Hulk starts fighting to get out from the AIM people, and he gets blasted, and we see he gets blasted by old man Modok. Modok. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and Modok says, you know, it's like, wait, you know, so he he attacks Modok. And he, you know, he, he tackles him, and Modok's like, "Go ahead, kill me. I don't care anymore. Just kill me." And the Hulk's like, "What's going on, man?" And, and he, <laughs> so then he tells him the story of the world has been destroyed by nuclear war. Blah blah blah. There's been this group of terrorists that killed everybody, and all this stuff. You know, the typical stuff. And he, so the Hulk busts out of the place he's in, and he comes and he sees. The world is destroyed by nuclear attack, and he's actually in Hollywood. He's underground in Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, which is 
So the only thing left is the Hollywood sign. And so the Hulk's like, all right, I'm out of here. And Mordok's like, no, you should stay. We can rebuild things and make a better planet. And, and the Hulk's like, why? So we can do this all over again? Buff that. I'm out of here. So he takes off. And that's pretty much the end of the first issue. Um, you know how many issues it's going to be? I do not offhand. I thought I knew, but I do not. They don't uh, tell you anymore. Uh, yeah, they, the only way to find out is when you bring it up. Usually, yeah, I don't tell you nothing. So I don't know how many issues it is, but I mean, so I want to see how the Hulk became the Maestro. So I'm gonna keep reading it. It's Peter David, so that's pretty cool. But as far as the first issue goes, this one was pretty basic. So Kenny, I got I uh, for a first issue, I'll give this one a three. It really, it really wasn't anything, you know, like amazing or anything. It's just a standard, mm-hmm. your standard, your standard first issue, basic story. So there's that. So next up, I have a book from Image Comics, and it's called Adventure Man. Ooh. I bought that, and that's been sitting in my pot, my my stack for like a month at least. <laughs> I haven't touched it yet. So this, I got issue. That first issue is big. Yeah, it's it's like a double issue, but it's still the same yeah. price as a single issue. It's still only three ninety nine, yeah. which is really cool, really sweet. Um, and it's written by Matt Fraction, which I'm kind of lukewarm about Matt Fraction, but but the pencils and colors were Terry Dodson, and I love Terry Dodson. Inks by Rachel Dodson, of course. Uh, I love the Dodson's artwork. I I I buy a lot of stuff. I buy a lot of their covers when I see them. Um, letters mm-hmm. by Clayton Cowles. So the book starts off in the middle of act of this action. It's just like the first half of the book is all at nonstop action. You see the city that's being attacked by missiles. Um, and it, it looks like they don't specify, but it looks like it takes place in, in like the 30s or something like that. So the mm-hmm. city's being attacked. So the police commissioner calls Adventure Man to come save the city. And Adventure Man has an entire crew with him um, <coughs> to help him fight crime. Um, so he has a guy named the Gentleman who's in like a tuxedo. Um he has uh, Chagall, who is a super pharmacologist science witch, whatever that means. Um, he has somebody called Akal, the timeless one. Uh, somebody called Sally Sweet, the ace aviatrix. Uh, Lonnie Langlois, the brawler of the Bowery. And Phaedra Phantom, the ghostly saint of the burlesque. So... I'm like hmm. a good crew there. And uh, yeah, I'll show you a little bit of that. There's his crew there on right here. Um, and so he says, uh, Adventure Man comes, calls the crew together, and he says, Looks like this is the final battle. This is the big apocalypse coming. So here, I want you to have a drink with me. And he pulls out these vials, and it turns out it's this serum, uh, super serum that he takes. And he's giving it to all his friends. And they're like, We've never done this before. He's like, well, this is the end of the world, so I figured it's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets attacked 
in in his headquarters by the big bad guy who is Baroness Bazaar. <laughs> and uh, she has a crew with her called the Automate Automaterer uh, Slugger Dunphy, the Nightmare Nightmare of of the Monogon, uh, Hellcat Maggie of the Six Sisters of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Meta Mage, the Wizard of Woe, and uh, yeah, so here's what they look like, if you can see them. That's cool. <laughs> so they fight each other, and there's a big battle, and, you know, there, there's a pretty cool battle, actually, all this stuff going on. It's crazy, it's action-packed, it's all a lot of fun, and then at the last minute, they all get defeated, and... I believe I just saw lightning. Oh, boy. Um, I know. I saw it in the window. <laughs> um, yeah, we were supposed to have a severe... We have a severe thunderstorm warning. <clears throat> but anyway, so if I cut out, it's because of the lightning. But anyway, so there's a big fight, and then at the end, um, it, they're about to get... Action, Adventure Man's about to get shot in the head, and you find out that it's actually a story that a woman is reading to her 10-year-old son. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> See? It turns into just the the mother and the son. And the son, when he finds out Adventure Man's about to be <laughs> killed, he says, what the butts? <laughs> Which is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> what the butts? What the butts? So then you find out um, that that was... The Adventure Man thing was a series of books that she was reading to her son. And then you get to know this woman a little more. You get to know her family. Uh, she's a Jewish woman. Uh, and she has this big family of overachieving brothers and sisters. And apparently she's um, she's mostly deaf because she wears hearing aids. So they make a point of that. Uh, so I assume that will come into play later on in the series. But they do make a point that of her being mostly deaf, and she likes to she likes to take off her hearing aids so she doesn't hear the noise of the world, and she likes to read her books. And then uh, she has dinner. She has a nice dinner with her family, or where they all annoy her. So she leaves, and she heads to the bookstore that her deceased mother used to own, which she apparently now runs. And as she's sitting there reading a book in this bookstore, um, this strange woman appears and hands her a book and says, here, you need to take care of this. And the book has the insignia of Adventure Man on it. So she's like, oh, this is interesting. So she starts looking through it. And then these guys follow the woman into the bookstore and they all go out the back where... It turns out the guys have are kidnapping the woman and putting her in a car. So our main character here, which I I don't even remember what her name is, I'll have to look that up. Anyway, she goes to to stop the guys and <laughs> and the guys turn around and then it turns out they're all a bunch of bugs in the shape of men. So she freaks out and uh, the guys get away with the woman. And then uh, later on, she goes to bed. And she has the book next to her on the on her nightstand, and the book starts glowing, and then that's where Ooh. it ends. So, hmm. yeah. So uh, I have to say, so I'm kind of interested in this and where it goes. I have to say, uh, 
it was a pretty fun read. Uh, it was, again, like I said, Matt Fraction, I'm kind of lukewarm on as a writer, but I love the Dodsons. And, yeah, same here. And so that makes me want to continue reading this book. I love their artwork so much. So uh, this book had intrigued me. So I'm going to give it a five. Hmm. Five Good. stones for Adventure Man. I think it's worth checking out. And I'm looking forward to reading more. Issue two is out already. Yeah, I think I grabbed it and put it in my box for to pick up later to see how the first issue was. Now, my final book is another image book, and it's called A Man Among Ye. <laughs> I saw that. I almost picked it up. It, yeah, it, it caught my interest, so... Um, so the book is written by Stephanie Phillips with art by Craig Cermak, um, colors by Brittany Pizzillo, letters by Troy Pateri, and it is basically based on a true character. It's not, the story is not true, but the character is true. And, um, it's, it, it's really cool because it's, it's your basic pirate book. But it's about this woman who ran away with some pirates and became a pirate. Hmm. So it's the Elizabeth Snow story. Like a what? The Elizabeth Snow story. You know, hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> oh, Swan. Elizabeth Swan. Yeah, kind of. Swan. Yeah. Swan. It's about, uh, so the woman's name is Anne Bonny, which some people might be familiar with if they know their pirate history. Arr. The dread, the dread pirate body. Yar. So it's cool. It starts off, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's it's kind of your basic pirate story. It's it's it starts off with a group of pirates attacking a British ship, and one of the pirates is Bonnie, and they sink the pi- the the British ship, and they go on, and so you see some of the people, some of. <clears throat> Some of the crewmen, of course, don't like having a woman on the ship, but she's the girlfriend of the captain, the pirate captain, so he's like, you know, shut up, she's mine, and I'm keeping her. Mm. Meanwhile, you find this <clears throat> young kid sneaks onto the ship and gets caught, and uh, some of the pirates get drunk, and they go down to the brig to torture the little kid, the kid. Um... And they smack the kid around a little bit, but then Bonnie comes down. I keep seeing lightning out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh. And uh, Bonnie comes down and saves the kid, and then you find out that the kid is actually a little girl. So it looks like from the previews of number two, the little girl becomes part of the crew. And there's a little thing in the back, a little write-up of where the story came from for this character and how they, you know, how she's a real, an actual real person in history and yeah. stuff and everything. Inspiration and all that, yeah. Yep. Um, so I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. I like pirate stories and, and stuff. Um, I haven't read a good pirate story in a while, so I'm pretty interested in this. I'm going to keep with it for a while, I think. And, uh... I'm going to give it a... I'll go with a four for this one. Good. It was a standard story, but it was it was entertaining. So, there you go. All right. Cool. 
So that'll do it for our reviews. So now we just got a couple of things we want to talk about. Um, and the first being, uh, the quite shocking news, at least I was shocked by it, that, um, Black Panther actor Chadwick Boseman has just passed, as of this recording, it's been like 24 hours ago that he passed away of colon cancer, which I didn't even know he had. I don't think anybody, I don't think they announced it in any way. Like yeah. everybody that I talked to was shocked. Yeah, I think they kept it a secret, which I don't blame them. I mean, that's you know, that's a, a private thing. So when I when I when I looked when I first heard about it, I had to like you know fact check it because I was just like, ah, this is I, fake news. I know, right? I'm like, oh, it seems to be real. Yep. I mean, it was just so shocking. I mean, I know. I've only seen him as Black Panther and as. Uh, uh, Oh God! I'm trying to think of that singer's name. Uh, James Brown. James Brown. Yeah, they played oh, James yeah, Brown yeah. too. Yeah, and that was a really good movie. Mm. Yeah, he was only 43 years old. But he impressed me as an actor. Yeah, very young. It's, it's, and that explains why that explains why Marvel pushed off the the uh, the, the, the their tentative date for Black Panther two because it right. was so far off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now we got to figure out what they're gonna do. Or they got to figure out. I feel like I feel like that. That's it. I don't think they're going to replace them. You don't think so? No, I don't think I don't think they're going to. They haven't done that yet with any of the other characters. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think that they could focus on Sherry if they wanted to, or mm-hmm. the uh, the other girl, the lady, the lady that was uh, playing Michonne in Walking Dead. Oh yeah, they yeah. could focus on them. They could they could sell incorporate you know, the death into the story which is a, a ter- you know when a character when a character when an actor dies and the show has to go on you have to deal with it in some way you have right the recast or you or you move on and focus to a different character so right right yeah. what's, what's not to say that they could have his young assistant that did all the technology stuff right yeah yeah that's sure. what I was saying sure yeah. I, I actually well, I would be cool with that I wouldn't mind that at all well, that was if she took up the mantle in the mm-hmm. next movie. Mm-hmm. So you'd have a female, you'd have a female Black Panther. Oh yeah, that'd be great. So in the comics, they did that. So when they when they brought back Black yes. Panther, like God, I want to say ten years ago, when they brought mm. back Black Panther in the comics, they they did a like a short series with them and introduced her character and. They put right in that first story that she had always uh, had the ambition to to become Black Panther, and that she had, I think, taken the trials at some point. Mm. And then, and then they did another story where Black Panther got ousted as king, more or less, and she became the Black Panther. But uh, T'Challa was still in Wakanda, but he couldn't live in Wakanda, so instead he was living in the City of the Dead, which is right next to it. Oh yeah, and that led into all the Illuminati stuff. Oh right, yeah. So but, uh, yeah, she was a she was a she was a Black Panther for a while, and a very strong character, I think. Even though I didn't read much of it, I read some of it. So mm-hmm. I think they could do a lot with it. It's like it's it's a hard thing to do, but I think yeah. I feel I feel like that's what they're gonna do. I think yeah, I think they could do that. I think they could have Sherry become Black Panther. It's just a question of how they're going to address how they're going to address it in the movie. Yeah, I mean, we don't know if there's anything already filmed. I mean, they could do all yeah. kinds of stuff. There's True. Already, already footage of, of him doing things, but yeah, um, you know, for it, it, just who knows. Uh, but I also feel like, in general, the Mar- 
Marvel Universe is shifting its focus to mm-hmm. a new batch of characters anyway. Because right. the next the next Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be the last Guardians of the Galaxy with any of those characters. Right. They're going to be done with. They're going to be they're done with that. And uh, you know, Iron Man's basically done. Unless they do, unless they bring him back. I know that uh, Robert mm-hmm. Downey Jr. was, I think, in talks with reprising his role in some way. Um, I was talking to somebody at the store. I feel like Marvel doesn't need to focus on interconnected, overarching 10-year storylines anymore. Yeah, I, they just I need agree. To, yeah. To do small ones, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But uh, overall, um, sad news and uh, condolences to the family. Yeah. We are very sorry yeah, for exactly. your loss. Yeah, shocking and terrible. Mm. All right, well, <laughs> on that dour note, let's move on to something else. And uh, the last thing we want to talk about this evening is the uh, DC's Fandome event that came out last week. So uh, I'm going to hand this over to you, Dario, the DC comic guru among so, us. So all <laughs> policy is to... Paul, did you watch any of it? No. No, Derek, did you watch any of it? I, I watched some of the trailers and stuff that came uh, out of it, so and I read some stuff, so Yeah. So I feel like when I heard about this, let's preface with that before they announced Fandome, or if they had announced it it wasn't on my radar. Mm. Uh it was all over the news that DC had just laid off like all, it, it, right. it feels like ninety ninety percent of their, their, their staff. Mm-hmm. They just laid off everybody. And they started canceling a bunch of books. They canceled a ton of books, and they laid off a ton of people, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been kind of like saying whatever to the canceled books because, the, to me, the book selection was not the backbone of right. DC. Like, the core books are still there. And as much as Hawkman is a great character and his book was pretty solid, you know, as much as uh, people like Aquaman, I've never really loved Aquaman, but people like Aquaman and it sells okay. Uh, as much as... You know, I would keep I would keep Hawkman over Aquaman. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you 100%. But those characters can be fold, can be kept alive by folding them into a team book or right. doing something else with them. Even if in the seventies when uh, DC was starting to kind of pull back, or I don't know if they were if they were suffering sales losses and like a collapse, but I know there's history there. I need to find out. But. They did the same thing. They canceled a bunch of books. They canceled Green Arrow and they put him in Green Lantern. They canceled Adam and they put him in uh, and put him in Hawkman. That's where we get a lot of those a lot of those classic Bronze Age team ups like mm-hmm. uh, that they always reference, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so they could, they could easily do that. What's up, Paul? I mean, if, if they, I heard that they might bring back JSA. Yeah. So I mean, you can easily. Fit Hawkman in with JSA. Sure. Yeah. And the Adam. Yeah. Mm. So there's, there's plenty of things they could do. So that didn't the cancels didn't bother me that much. The layoffs started to make worry me a little bit. Uh, and I think there's been little little media information as to what the impact of that was. Yeah. And then so right after the layoffs happened, like a week later, they're like DC fandoms come up this week yeah we're gonna make major announcements it's gonna be a virtual convention mm. and so i i heard this and i'm like whatever this is gonna be i don't know what it's gonna be about but whatever the news comes whatever news comes out of this thing it's probably not gonna be good uh i i, I thought that i couldn't believe that they had the gall to promote mm. literally, literally to promote stuff like they're doing right after they had 
done those layoffs, you know? Uh, yeah. 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 So it's like, thank you for your time with us. Uh, see you later. We're going to push all the stuff and we're going to make all that money and put it in our pockets. But, yep. you know, that's not the end of that. Right. So I wasn't really looking forward to it. And uh, uh, so it aired when I was at, when I was working. Okay. <clears throat> so I had. I had difficulty keeping up with the news. Uh, it was not something. It wasn't like I could sit and ignore work and my customer base by watching this thing. But thankfully, I was in a position where I had a, I had to process a very large collection of toys, and that requires me to sit in front of a computer. So while I was doing that, um, I had it, I had it playing on my phone, so I was able to listen to all the news. Good um, justification. <laughs> <laughs> so. I <laughs> I feel that what I thought was going to be a shit show as far as how they ran it uh, uh, turned out to be really really good. Uh, I later yeah. I went to I went to the website I went to the website I looked at their schedule of events. They had multiple channels that were set up like if you've gone to a con and there was just panels there'd be like the sunset room and you know All the right. moonlight room whatever. So the they would they, they would have theme panels going on in this room, theme panels going on in this room, and it would be all day. And there was literally something like, I don't know when they started, but I'll just be- pretend I know. Like, they started at 9. And it went it went to, like, maybe 6 or 7. And then they repeated it. And so, everything was live on, on whatever streaming services they were using. Uh, I, was, I went right to that page, and that page you could watch it. Um, I was watching all the media stuff, and I haven't gotten caught up on the other things yet. The second news broke, they put it on YouTube right away. So that's how you were probably able to see a lot of things. Like they played a Batman trailer. Mm-hmm. The Batman trailer yep. went live on YouTube right then and there. Yeah. So yep. it wasn't like when you go to when you go to uh, uh, you know San Diego Comic Con and they're like, "This is just for you guys," and then we got nothing. Right. We get nothing yeah. For months. So this was out there at the same time. So I thought that was really, really good. Mm. And then. The media panels, like the media room that I was watching, I kind of wish I'd known it was just all going to be media. I didn't realize it until after the fact because I kind of wanted to learn more about the publishing part of it. But right, uh, the first thing, the first thing I came in on was Suicide Squad. Right, mm-hmm. I had no hopes for Suicide Squad two. I right. did not like Suicide Squad one. Yep, I thought Suicide Squad one was a mess. Mm-hmm. And James Gunn is, I don't, he's a magician. Like yep. this movie is going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, you, you saw that. Tra- you saw that trailer, right? Yeah. It's just ca- I feel the, the exact, exactly the same way as you do. <laughs> the, the cast of characters he chose are amazing. Yeah. Like I never thought I'd see Peacemaker in a big budget movie. <laughs> I never thought I'd see Polka Dot Man in a big budget movie. What's What's the cast of characters? Oh, it's a huge, it's a huge amount. I'm gonna get a lot of, I'm gonna forget a lot of them. But there's, there's Javelin, yeah, uh, Bloodsport. Do you know mm. who Bloodsport is? He was a, he was a Superman villain from the, from the, from the, re, the, 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 the 80s reboot after, after Crisis of the Earth. Yeah. Uh, there. I mean, he didn't appear in a lot of things because his backstory was that he was a veteran that was being manipulated by Lex Luthor, so he's kind of a sympathetic character. Um, so there's Javelin, Bloodsport, obviously Harley Quinn, obviously Captain Boomerang, King Shark, um, <laughs> Weasel, Polka Dot Man, The Thinker. Uh, it's a lot. There's a lot more. There's yeah. a lot more. Yeah. But and a lot of them are putting, probably going to die. 
they're gonna die. They're just there to die. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna do something that they that the, all they did in the first movie was like, oh, we killed Hangman. Remember. We, any of us could die, but they didn't kill anybody else. And right. this one, he has so many characters that could just get killed. <laughs> and no one would care. No one would care. It's like, oh my god. So, yeah. uh, it's going to be great. You should definitely, Paul, you should definitely watch the teaser they did, because it's not a trailer, but it's like a production mm-hmm. teaser, yeah. where they're, talk, they're hyping it up, and they're showing the costumes and stuff. Yeah, definitely check sure it on out. YouTube. Yeah. Oh, yeah. YouTube. yeah. So, then, uh, then after that, you know, I kind of focused on where for a while and I was kind of keeping because they were talking about other things I didn't really care about uh, actually no there was some stuff that was interesting they did a whole segment on women in comics which I thought was interesting mm. um, and they did they did a couple other things and then after I finished watching the women in comics one uh, I kind of I kind of kind of went back to my daily duties but I was keeping an eye on the mystery panel that they were going to have and I was really crossing my fingers that this mystery panel was going to be just whatever the fuck they were doing with DC, like, because <laughs> I didn't know, <laughs> and I was very anxious to find out. Yeah, are they doing generations? Are they not doing generations? You know, I was worried. I wanted to see that. Right. And uh, instead, and I don't take this as me thinking it's a bad thing, but instead of what I wanted, I got an announcement about them bringing back Milestone, and I think that's oh, yeah great. Like Milestone, I liked it when it first came out. Uh, for those people who don't know what Milestone is, it's an imprint that's all run by run and written by people of color, and characters are focused on minorities. And that they had they had a character named Hardware, which was a high tech hero. There was a character named Icon, who was kind of like a uh, Superman yeah. kind of hero. There was Icon and Rocket because he had a sidekick Rocket. Um, there was uh, Blood Syndicate, which was kind of like the the criminal element kind of a thing going on there. Uh, and then Static Shock, which was their they're kind of their poster boy for the whole the whole, the whole universe. Yep. And I'm, sh- I'm sure there was a couple other ones in there that I I'm, I'm forgetting. Uh, but that ran for a while in DC. Got canceled after they tried to integrate it, you know, into everything else, which mm-hmm. always seems to fail. And then over the years, they've tried to bring it back. Now, Dwayne is it Dwayne McDuffie was the yes. guy who kind of spearheaded that whole thing. Yep. Yep. And he he sadly passed away right a few years ago. I'm pretty sure he passed, yes. he passed away. Yeah, that's right. Um, so they tried to bring it back years ago and it failed um, for whatever reason. I don't really know why it failed. And they're doing it again. And I think just in the, the today's, you know, just the way things are going today, I think it's it's a it's a smart thing to do. Yeah. Uh, for for uh, just so many different reasons. I mean, because it's just, you can just focus again on on work from you know a diversified group of creators mm-hmm. and. And, and and just kind of bring more non all white things in DC, which is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> a yeah, lot. really. So that got me kind of excited. And they interviewed a lot of the creators and stuff during that, and I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, and then I think the last big thing, well, the two last big things I saw was the Batman trailer, uh. which got me all jazzed for Batman. Yep. You saw that, right? Mm. Was that was that a noise you don't like it, or was that a noise you like? Oh it? no, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. And Paul, you haven't seen the Batman trailer, have you? Yeah, I have. It's great. So good. It's so gritty. I it mean, is, it's yeah. like the joke, not the Joker, the Riddler. I mean, this the yeah. the, the, the starting scene of, of just the sound of tape being <laughs> being pulled off the roll, and he kills this yeah. dude <laughs> with the tape. Yeah. Mm. 
and then all the riddles and uh you start seeing all all the cast of characters he's gonna run into it's a uh, and then that scene where he just he fights the the jokers you know a, a gang of, oh yeah of people that are dressed up as clowns yeah and when he just he grabs that guy and he just pummels them it's not like <laughs> yeah superhero action it's brutal <laughs> mm, yeah yeah i think it's gonna be good and this battlefield looks really cool but you know it could be trashy. It could, <laughs> the movie could come out and it could be trash. But I'm, I I'm more be- I'm more excited about it now after seeing that than I was. So they did a good job. Well, ever since they announced the dude that, that was going to play him, I felt like he had the potential. I mean, I yeah, I've never seen any, I've never seen any Twilight movies, and I don't know if I've seen anything he's been in. I but he's young. I have either. <laughs> he's got the look. I think. I think. I don't think. He hasn't bulked up, which is fine with me. Yeah. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to because, uh, what's his name? Ben Affleck got way too big, mm-hmm. I think. Ben Affleck was like, <laughs> He-Man. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I think Batman Batman needs to look like it did in the 70s, Paul, if, I, if, you, if you agree with me. He needs to be strong, but not giant. Yeah. He needs to be like, he needs to be, be in tone. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he's gonna be a guy not, that you could, not, you could believe could like spin in midair and bounce off of flagpoles and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. He's gotta be more. He's gotta be more, more, um, acrobatic. Yeah. More dexterous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, oh. and then the, I saw the the a panel on the on the Schneider cut, which I don't know. It hasn't got me any more excited for it. Uh, I hate to admit it, but it has gotten me a li- like I was against it, and now I'm like, eh, I might check it out. So it brought me up to that level. <laughs> yeah, I think I've been at that level. At, like when they first announced it, I was like, I care less. When they yeah. announced that it was going to be on HBO and it was going to be free for me to watch, I'm like, I- I'll watch it. It's yeah, free, right? right? Yeah, I mean, it's not no skin off my teeth, right? That's how I am too. Yeah, you know, use that phrase. So I was like, I'll watch it. You know, it's three freaking episodes. It doesn't need to be three episodes, but whatever. I'll watch it. It could be good. Maybe it'll change my opinion of it. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. There's I, not I, much there's not much that's gonna change my opinion on how terrible that Flash character was. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, I can't stand him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I already oh. had this discussion with Dario. They interviewed him in the fandom too. That was a flash segment. Oh, we were really? talking about we were talking about how he's gonna get a new car costume and i'm like thank god so yeah first of all i thought i thought he was fired because he did all that he, he beat up some girl like in a bar like once yeah ago. i thought he was too but he's apparently you know this whatever's going on is going on so you can tell that they interviewed him at two different times because one time he had no beard <laughs> and he was like hey flash and then the second time they interviewed him he had long hair was wearing what looked to be like a like a like a dress. I don't know. It was like a long, full body thing. It wasn't like a like a dress, but it was this weird full body thing. Was it a movie? And I was just like, I was like, I think he lost his mind. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so, but they're leaning heavy. The point of that of that uh, segment was that they're it's focusing on the multiverse. And that, in turn, is going to mean that the movies are going to lean heavy into the multiverse. Yeah. Which means that going forward, and this is what I just said earlier about Marvel, or what I think Marvel should do, mm. is they're just going to do what they've already done. They're going to tell creators, you want to make a Joker movie set in the 70s or whatever? 
go ahead. Right. Make it. You know, you want to do a bat. You want to do a Batman movie where he's like, you know, going after the Riddler that's set outside of everything else that doesn't have Ben Affleck in it. Do it. It's a different universe. Just do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, thank God, thank God that they're doing this. <laughs> yeah. Because it can, it's 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 in the DC universe. Right. But it doesn't impact the DC universe unless they wanted to. So. Right. Yeah, that's def- definitely the way to go. Yeah. Do something animated. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Just make a good movie. <laughs> yeah, th- just make a good movie. That's it. Yeah. All you got to do. Aren't they doing an animated JSA for 2021? No, I don't know about that. That'd be interesting. I'd look into that, too. Yeah, I didn't hear about that. I think he dreamt it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Keeps- I remember when I was a kid, I used to... I remember as a kid, I used to dream about the comic books that didn't exist and all that stuff. <laughs> and now as, a, as an adult, as an adult, I'm like, hey, I've seen it. Like, I had a dream that there was an alien comic. <laughs> it is, an alien comic. Look at that. It actually came out. <laughs> well, Paul, keep saying it, and it will happen. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're all bugged. <laughs> so, all in all, I think the fandom was run well. Yeah, surprisingly was, well. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah. And there was some good stuff out that came out of it. So, yeah, I think generally from what I've seen across the board, everybody that was uh, like reviewing it, like I watched, I watched Collider on YouTube, and they t- they had a whole big like mm-hmm. podcast about it, and they all felt the same way that it was running really well. So, cool. That perhaps that'll be the way to do conventions in the future, or partially. Um, uh, that's tough. I mean, I, I, I have games about conventions. I mean, I don't want them to go away. No, but it'd be kind of cool to have like a, a an online segment or an online component of it for those of us who can't. Like, if you can't go to San Diego, you could still watch some stuff or whatever. That would be kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. No, I agree. I yeah. think that would be. I think that would be really good. Yeah. And that's it. There's. There's. Uh, I go to Gen Con a lot, and there's a lot of chatter right now about integrating Gen Con online into Gen Con on a permanent basis because mm-hmm. it went it went well enough. Right. Um, but I would never I would never stop going to Gen Con and just do online because it's two different experiences. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, um, I guess there's there's nothing else. Anything else you guys wanted to bring up before we sign off? I don't think so. All right. Cool. But, um, yeah. That, that Gotham, that, that video game that's coming out, the Gotham Knights look pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. They talked about that. In, they talked about that in fandom too. And that seems interesting because yeah. they're pushing the timeline forward to where Batman's gone and they're trying to find someone else to be Batman. Yeah. Did you see the uh, Suicide Squad kills the Justice League game? That, that looks so good. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? I was surprised. I'm like, <laughs> I thought it was going to be dumb, but... It's just the cinematic, but it was funny. It was, yeah. Yeah, that was some good stuff. All right, cool. So, um, I guess that will do it for this episode. Uh, and uh, coming up soon, we're going to have our uh, off-the-shelf episode coming up, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, that will do it for us this evening. Um, as always, thank you to the cosmic comic guru Dario and the world's greatest sidekick Paul. And of course, thank you all for listening. Uh, until next time, uh, you know, 
be safe out there. And, uh, until, uh, until Nightwing puts on his big boy trunks, that's it for us. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Hey, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Not like that. Hey, nice try. <laughs> okay. Nice try, it? buddy. Did you stop recording? Not yet. <laughs> uh, okay. Good. Uh, uh, we all know somewhere in that in your in that man cave of yours, you got you got a freaking my little pony hidden somewhere. I do not, and don't Paul, call next it a time man you go, cave. Next time you go over his house, next time you go over his house, just bring a just bring a Nightwing figure and just leave it somewhere. <laughs> put it in the put it in the back of his of his glass cabinet. Like, go oh, can I get a glass of water and just kind of like stand it up in his glasses cabinet? You know so what? He goes to grab a couple. You want to hear something funny? They have these these new things out. They're these little Batman figurines. They come in these. They they come in these yellow like barrels, so they're like hidden. They're like um Yeah. So I've been picking up yeah. a couple of one and I got the first one I got was a nightwing and I was like, son of a <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh and, and by the way, hey He's getting up. Get look out, he's getting up. He fell over. <laughs> you know, <I'm> up. <laughs> It doesn't sound like you hurt himself. You probably can't see. You can't see it, but I got my Nightwing shirt on. And I'll keep it on, please. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Is that your Nightwing jammies? My, my, yeah, my Nightwing underoos. Yeah, my, my Robin <laughs> underoos. I got to go over and fight crime after I get off the get off the <laughs> up to this day, guys. All right, that's gonna do it for us. I gotta keep this. I gotta keep the streets of Richmond. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you cooperation to contact the new england society of geeks you can email us at nesogpod at gmail.com that's n-e-s-o-g pod at gmail.com follow us on twitter at nesog podcast that's n-e-s-o-g podcast find us on facebook on our New England Society of Geeks podcast page. Follow us on Instagram at NESOGPOD. That's N-E-S-O-G pod. Finally, if you could find it in your hearts, we would appreciate it if you could give us a rating or possibly a review on wherever you listen to this podcast. Thank you and good night.